Yo, yo, welcome to another episode of the Clip City Podcast. I'm your host, Yovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. And today I'm joined by frequent guest, uh, almost the co-host at this point. I feel like I've said that the last three times yes. you've been on. <laughs> um, Mo DeKeel. Mo, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I got my run in this morning. I'm feeling good. Uh, I, I do feel like I'm a little bit of the... Uh, Frequent guest slash co-host. Uh, I, 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 I just yeah. mean, it must mean you like me, Yovan. That's all it is. It's because you're so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 before, before we get into the podcast, I, I think there was something you wanted to address off of a recent mailbag. Um, so, yeah, something yeah. I said about you. Yeah. I mean, there was a, a few shots taken in your mailbag. Uh, I am no doubt, I think, the best video coordinator the Clippers ever had. Uh, no uh, disrespect to the current ones. No disrespect to the guys who brought me in, Ramos Posado, uh, Brian Switzer, and, and, and Seth Cooper. But, uh, you know, I I think I'm the best they've had, the best looking, the funniest. I mean, across the board, I just think, uh, you know, you really kind of whiffed on that in the mailbag. I'm, I'm revisiting my answer here. Uh, I said, eh? I guess so. He's definitely the best podcast guest and the nicest video coordinator, <laughs> but he isn't very funny when he criticizes Cousin Zoo. So, Cousin, I mean, that, I, that, that's my thing. I'm that's honest. Thing. Yeah, you're just mad at me because I criticize Cousin Zoo. That's all. And it took us two minutes to get to Cousin Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he's uh, <laughs> Bill Simmons has the the James Harden trade. I have uh, I have Cousin Zoo. Yeah. Um, so today's podcast, we're going to be touching on one question for each Clipper before they head to the NBA bubble in Orlando. It's a story that I wrote that went up today on The Athletic. So if you have not checked that out yet, you should check that out. We're not going to touch on every Clipper, and I didn't even touch on every Clipper as I wrote. Um, I, I left out back-end rotation guys like Rodney Magruder, Patrick Patterson, Terrence Mann, and Fondue Kevin Gelle. I don't expect any of those four to really play much in the postseason. Maybe Rodney Magruder as like a breakout in case of emergency uh, defender, energy guy. Um, you know, maybe if they're playing like Luca or, or James Harden, the, the Clippers will deploy him and you know let him use his fouls and, and let him maybe try to rough up those guys, get in their head, pressure them full court. But aside from that, um, I, I don't expect Patrick Patterson, Terrence Mann, or Fondue Kevin Gelly to play. Uh, in the postseason and, and be a part of the rotation. So I'm looking at the 11 guys here that I, I think have a shot to be in the rotation. Uh, maybe it's just 10. Uh, I added Joakim Noah. But I want to touch on five or six of them with you. Uh, so let's start with, briefly, we'll, we'll touch on Kawhi Leonard. I don't want to get too much into this, but I think his health looms over all of this, right? Like Kawhi, for the Clippers to win the, the title, they need the Toronto version of Kawhi. They need that 2017 San Antonio version of Kawhi. Frankly, they need the 2020 version of Kawhi. Like he, he was really hitting his stride before the hiatus. Um, I, I think he was climbing the MVP ladder. Uh, you know, most people were not talking about him in that conversation before the break. And, and then it felt like a lot of people people had him third or fourth on their lists. Uh, you know, kind of when I've heard different national podcasts. Um, over the last few months, everyone's kind of had Kawhi like right there behind Giannis and LeBron. 
So I, I do think the version of him we see in Orlando is going to go a long way in determining what happens with the Clippers in the postseason. Uh, but but quickly, how do you view Kawhi's health and, and the topic of, of rest and, and how that will affect him? Could, could it help him? Could it hurt him? Um, how, how do you see that? You know, it's difficult in the sense of, and it's got to be frustrating for the Clippers because I think they played it right, even though we all might have been annoyed with some of the load management stuff and, and things like that. But they were, they were getting the best Kawhi right at the time you want to start to get him, which is March and April going into the playoffs, right? And 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 get him flowing into it and flying and, and getting the Toronto Kawhi and all of that stuff and really being able to carry this team. And, you know, now it sucks because you had the hiatus. I'm sure he's in great shape and things like that. But there's a whole, it's almost like, okay, now we kind of have to restart the process with whatever the two-week training camp, three scrim- scrimmages, eight regular season games going into the playoffs, you know, how do you get Kawhi back into that mode? Cause you know, you just kind of stop and as abruptly as a stop as it was, it's hard to kind of find that rhythm quickly. It'll be very impressive of any guy, any on any team who all of a sudden just picks up where they left off after not playing basketball for four months. Uh, so it's a, it's something to really look at in regards to the Clippers because of just, I mean, let's be honest, they're not winning a championship without him. Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. And this was a question that was on my list of questions to ask Doc when we had media availability last week. I regret not asking him. I was surprised. Like I, It was one of those questions where I thought, you know, it was number two on my list. I asked my number one question. Um, which I forgot it now, so don't even bother asking me what that was. But um, so maybe it should have been my number one. But uh, I was surprised no one asked about Kawhi and his status. I think that that's been one of the dominant storylines of of not only the Clippers season but the season at large with uh, load management and you know the Clippers calling it and the NBA calling it uh, injury management. And um, you know I think that's going to be a storyline in, in the bubble. The Clippers have a back to back, and that's going to be a storyline potentially for the rest of Kawhi's career if he continues to rest games and, and um, you know injury manage, load manage, whatever you want to call it. But a, a guy who I think really is going to benefit, uh, you know, in theory, uh, again, we can't really project how guys are going to come back from uh, th- this break, but one guy who has publicly said he's doing much better, uh, feeling amazing, is Paul George, who... Uh, on the Knuckleheads podcast recently said that uh, up t- up until a few weeks ago was still doing shoulder rehab and just finally loosened his shoulders fully 
and kind of has that full range of motion and, and is filing, you know, finally feeling comfortable and good. So I, I pose this question to you. What does a fully healthy Paul George look like on this team? You know, he's been in and out of the lineup, uh, you know, been, been playing with a bunch of different guys and different rotations, different, li- you know, different starting lineups. Um, but he still was having, you know, a, a relatively good season. If you look at his numbers, they are all-star level numbers. I think he would have been an all-star had he played enough games, uh, you know, by you know February. So, um, you know, what do you think of, of what this rest can do for Paul George? And, you know, do you kind of view him, if he can get back to that 2018-19 Oklahoma City level, like, does that raise the Clippers ceiling? Is it not possible for him to get to that level given the, the roster construction and, and playing alongside Kawhi versus maybe playing alongside Russ? Like, how do you think that, uh, you know, PG is going to return from this? And, and is it a good sign for the Clippers that he, he's now all of a sudden doesn't have to rehab his shoulders? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good sign that he feels his shoulders are are much Better. I mean, that's an obvious thing, right? He feels good. Yeah, that's a great sign. You know, it's never been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he feels good. That's not good. <laughs> you know? poor, poorly, poorly worded question. But <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm just like I don't know how much of a difference it makes. Right. Is well, more of where I'm going. But like you know what what he brings to this team is, you know, he's the second option. He's the release valve to take the pressure off of Kawhi's shoulders. I think that was something that. Toronto kind of had, but they didn't have it in one guy. They had it in multiple guys, right? It was Siakam, Lowry, Gasol, like all those guys. And there were times where they didn't show up and it was just Kawhi, you know, and with Paul George, he's looking at a more dependable partner in that sense. And it's been a weird season for him in the sense of like, it's been very stop and go, right? Like misses the start of the season, doesn't play till mid-November, is rolling mid-November, December, looking good. Barely plays in January because of an injury, you know, then comes back in February and starts rolling again. You know, he brings another level of versatility that I think matters. And I'm going to plug a piece here that I just put up on Bleacher Report last week about versatile. Plug away. Yeah. You know, versatile players. And he and he's in there. He's he's, you know, he's in the list in the sense of, you know, he can guard the primary, you know, the other team's primary offensive player and kind of allow Kawhi to rest and save himself for the fourth quarter. And they can switch off on that. Like it gives them a lot of options. And then, you know, when Kawhi goes to the bench, he's so damn good. You can center the offense around him if you really wanted to and change things around. So, you know, a healthy Paul George is extremely important for the, the Clippers. It's, it's in the same sense of, you know, they probably don't win a championship without Paul George and Kawhi. Like they need both of those guys. And I think that's an important thing there. And I just, it's just hard because now it's another stop and go situation for him, right? Like he's feeling good. He was playing well, but at this point now it's, it's the season stopped and now he's got to pick up where he left off. It's, it's kind of similar to Kawhi in that sense. And, and I know I sound repetitive, but it's a hard scenario to just pick up where you left off and, it's going to be challenging for all these guys. And I think, you know, for him, if he can find that flow and that rhythm, you know, he's the consummate ultimate, you know, second option. Like he's just, he may not like that. That's how it looks, but he's the perfect guy for that, you know, cause he can do so many things. And I think he's a great partner for Kawhi and, and it opens the door for this team. And this is what makes the team a contender between those two guys. You, I mean, they can lose other guys and I'll still be like, if they have those two healthy, I'm confident they have a chance to win the championship. 
That, that's a good segue into our next segment, but let's take a quick break and then we'll get into the rest of the guys. If you were to guess on average, how many days people in the US have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major US cities, basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have a question or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com com slash clippers for a free online visit and free two-day shipping that's getroman.com slash clippers for a free online visit and free two-day shipping all right you mentioned that the clippers could lose other guys and, and still be fine still contend for a title i agree with you and one of the guys that's been floated out there the, the most and, and at this point looks like the only guy who might not travel to orlando but um Doc said last week, all indications are that he's going, but he won't know for sure until he's on the plane, is Lou Williams. And my two-part question for Lou uh, in this story was, one, you know, will he play in Orlando, which uh, of course is, is the biggest question. But two, you know, can he score effectively enough to offset his defensive uh, deficiencies? And this has been a storyline I've talked about a lot on this podcast. You and I have spoken about in, in the past. Um, but I, I think assuming Lou plays, because if, if Lou doesn't play, that's probably its own podcast that <laughs> right. we're going to have to have. And, you know, how people's roles change and, um, you know, the offensive responsibilities. All of a sudden, there's a lot more pressure on Reggie Jackson. Uh, you know, Pat Beverly and Landry Shamit probably ha- have to score more too. Uh, but under the assumption that Lou is playing, we should know in a few hours – uh, when the Clippers are arriving in Orlando, um, the topic of his you know late game defense, I think the Clippers can, of course, surround him and protect him with guys like Kawhi and, and PG and, and Pat Bev and Zoo and, and Marcus Morris, and you know th- they do have a a bevy of good defensive options to basically protect Lou you know, in in situations in which they need to protect him. They could also do some pre-switching, which they did a little bit in that Lakers game. They, they've done at times where essentially, um, you know, a big issue for Lou has been, um, you know, a ball handler calling for Lou's man to, to set a ball screen uh, for, for him. And the Clippers basically switching. The, the second they see that Lou's man is going to go screen for the ball handler, they immediately switch with the closest wing or, or guard and have that guy go into the action versus bringing Lou into the action. Um, that of course is difficult. And, and you know, depending on how uh, a team scheme, you know, kind of sets up their offense um, you know, maybe they isolate that guy on one side of the floor and, and it's hard for you to kind of pre-switch that. Um, but it's a lot of jumping through hoops to protect Lou. And we've seen now, and, and, you know, I've seen some people reference the, the Laker game as an anomaly and I, I'll tell you that that's not true. Uh, you know, the same thing happened in the Boston game, uh, the double overtime Boston game. Same thing happened in Philly. Like smart teams 
that have five quality guys who can score can attack Lou and can bring him into the action, can, can attack him with back cuts, can attack him on the offensive glass. Like there are multiple ways to really exploit Lou defensively. So it's, it's not just the Lakers and LeBron problem. This can be a problem against Denver. This can be a problem against Houston. This could be a problem against whoever else they face in the finals. Um, you know, Milwaukee, like, it, it, this can be a big problem for the Clippers, I think, in the conference finals and finals. So I pose the question to you, how much of an issue is it? And is is the answer simply benching Lou if he's really hurting you defensively? Or is there a way you think, let's put our best defensive four around Lou or, or let's pre-switch him? Or, or is there something else you see that they can do to kind of hide him and, and maybe negate some of the, the the impact his poor defense has on on their defense. Yeah, so listen, the ultimate weapon is benching Lou. Like that's the 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 last resort. And when you do that, it becomes a challenge because in that sense, you know, keeping him engaged in that sense is is an issue and and you have to worry about that a little bit as a coach. But it's on Lou also. He's got to kind of compete a little harder. He's got to try harder. I think ultimately teams can survive with one bad like seriously negative defender on the court you know especially if you surround it with the four that the Clippers are capable of surrounding him with you know like that's still pretty damn good those four guys can guard five I trust you know Kawhi and and PG combined can guard three guys uh so I think there's that issue I think you kind of have a little bit of a safety valve but it really comes down to what do you need in those close games and especially in the fourth quarter is it a game where you need to get stops? If it's a game you need to get stops, you can't play Lou. You know, and those are the types of games where, you know, it's going to sound counterproductive that you're losing. You, you know, those are games where like you're down seven or eight and you can't just trade buckets. You got to get stops and you got to be able to score. And the Clippers are blessed to have enough offensive firepower already without Lou that they're capable of scoring, you know, and I think they have that that ability and it, it gives them a lot of uh, uh excuse me it gives them a lot of uh options in that sense but you want to have your best five out there and sometimes that's going to be Lou just because what he can do on the offensive end and you have to sort of weigh it ultimately in the end like I wouldn't be surprised to see Doc go with the the offense defense substitution you know and when he can sub out Lou for Patrick Beverly if you know they're coming in on a defensive pos- possession and then if you know, they, if he's fully capable of switching it out again and bringing Lou in for the offensive possession and and having, you know, Beverly sit and kind of just have that going. Like, that's something that I think we might see more of in the fourth quarter of a close game than him just going straight to benching Lou. Because I think that's kind of the extreme scenario. Like, once you do that, there's it's kind of hard to come back to it where all of a sudden then you have a game where in the fourth quarter you're like, hey, Lou, we need you. And he's like, you know, some some players just don't respond well in that scenario and, and can come back and immediately do it. So I think it's a big question, but it's a an, an important one. But I think ultimately in the end, I think Doc's got a couple different ways he could play it. So it's not going to be the one that's it's not going to be the, the one that really scares me in terms of the Clippers. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, you know, who knows if we'll even get past like the second round at, at this point. Like the, the you know the, this bubble can burst at any moment, and uh, you know I, I know for the Clippers they they want to try to win a title, but um, you know it's just interesting. We're talking about all these hypotheticals that might not even happen. Uh, but Mo, I, I appreciate your time. Uh, where can people find you? 
uh, on social media? And then where can they check out your work? Well, as I'm sure Clip City's favorite guest, you guys know where to find me, but you can ch- you can catch me on uh, Twitter, Modakil, M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore N-B-A, uh, same handle for Instagram, and just find my writings on Bleacher Report and other various athletic podcasts. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Yovan Buha, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. You can find my work at The Athletic. If you go to theathletic.com slash Clip City, you can subscribe to this podcast, help me out, uh, help out The Athletic, and that would be much appreciated. Uh, I will be back as always next week. Uh, hopefully, we have some some news to talk about, some some developments Uh, I doubt it. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of dry here for a couple weeks, but I'll talk to you guys soon.